Joining me now is the Commissioner Emeritus of Baseball, Bud Sealing. Good afternoon. Hey, How are you? I'm fine. I don't know. Are you? Do I call you Commissioner? Commissioner Emeritus seems really long. How? Uh, no, Commissioner. Everybody calls me Commissioner. You can do that. That's I, okay. I I just wanted to talk to you. I saw you at an event about nine, the the team from '82, and I thought, I wonder if he's bored. He was the commissioner, and now, uh, how does he fill his time? I mean, I have a theory about you, but I'll get to that. But are you okay? You you're not bored, uh, are you? I like to, yeah. I'm doing fine. I'm doing great, Homer. I'm in my office, and I normally I teach on Tuesdays at in Madison at the University of Wisconsin, but uh, they're at the library today, so I, I uh, but every Tuesday I'm in Madison. You have to Wednesdays come up. Wednesdays I teach at Marquette, and wow. ultimately I'll teach on Fridays at Arizona State. So between all my work and teaching, I've kept myself quite busy. So what do you have to come up with? The, I mean, there's kind of work to, you can't just wing it as, as far as teaching. That's how many... Uh, how many classes? How many uh, performances? Well, I have three classes at Wisconsin, Marquette, and Arizona State. Um, in Madison, it's History 600, Baseball and American Society, 1945 to the present. I start with Jackie Robinson. And um, I've enjoyed teaching. When I was a kid, Homer, long before you, yes, in Madison and back in the 50s, I, I thought I was coming back there to be a history professor. That's what I really wanted to be. So it took me to age 80, but uh, that's where I am now. Well, I can't take the whole class. So but I can ask you, like, what's the most important thing you want to get across to these kids? Well, um, I have to think about that one, but it, what we do in each class is you try to relate what's happening in baseball at that time, whether it's in the 40s, 50s. We cover everything over a 14, 15-week semester. Um, and you compare that to what's going on in American society, and it's remarkable how baseball really typifies in many ways what is going on. And as I say, we do everything. We do the union. We do all the labor stuff. We do steroids. We do. There is no subject we don't do, Homer. Wow. I mean, nothing compares to 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 Jackie Robinson in terms of the influence of baseball on changing the country. Nothing, right? Nothing's even close. I I've often said, and I tell my students this. I said it publicly, and I said it way back when when I retired uh, Jackie's number. Um, it's the most important and powerful moment in baseball history. Right. There's but no it probably into all sports history. What? What's equal? Well, I think that's right. And I think everybody in all sports would agree with that. No question. I mean, he really opened the door, not only in baseball, but really in, in, in sports and in American society. You know, Martin Luther King said 20 years later, it's Jackie Robinson that brought us here. And you think about that. It was what Branch Rickey did is so remarkable, uh, really remarkable. Um, so what it, do you, what when do you, you think you, back, the clubs had voted 15 to 1 four months before. 
to not allow any Negroes in. Uh, Negroes was a term in those days, as you remember. Yep. And um, and it's true. And Kennesaw Mountain Landis, who was the first commissioner, as you well know, um, had said as he was commissioner, there'd be no Negroes in baseball. So how do you convince people so young to understand what it was like? Well, that's interesting. You know, um, it's a great question because, tell you a story, this is about 2005, 2006. My phone's ringing on a Sunday night. I'm just coming in from Phoenix. I'm tired, and I figured, uh, one of my one of the owners is calling. One of the umpires cost him a game, and he's calling to yell at me. And I debated about answering, but I answered. It was Ken Griffey Jr. And um, we had the nicest. Ken, uh, he and I had, had been quite friendly anyway. But I said, um, uh, "What can I do for you?" After about ten minutes of conversation, he said, "Look." He said, I'm so grateful that you retired Jack's number, Jackie's number. I call him Jack because his Rachel, his widow, never refers to him as Jackie. It's always Jack. And um, wow, never knew that. Yeah, Ken Griffey said to me, but you know, the younger guys don't know who Jackie Robinson is. And we got to stop that. And he said, so I have a favor to ask. On April 15th, why can't everyone in baseball wear number 42? I said I had to think about it. I was always very cautious. And oh, he said, "Come on." I said, "I'll call you in the morning." Well, I knew I was going to call. I knew I was going to do it, and I did. And and so it was. It was uh, Ken Griffey Jr. who really got me to do that. And now, as you know, everybody wears forty-two, and and you talk to people, the young players, about who Jackie Robinson. Is. It is a remarkable story. It is absolutely a remark, and the more you get into it, and I've I've spent a lot of time. His daughter Sharon worked for me for 25 years, and I've gotten to know Rachel very, very well, and she's one of the great human beings I've ever met in my lifetime. And uh, but when you think of what he went through and the abuse he took, oh Homer, ooh, tough story. And is it fair and accurate to say that he was picked? in the sense of because of the belief that he could handle it, that there could have yes. been somebody else, and I, I don't know the names, but because that's the way it's presented. Well, I, I know I know the names because let me tell you, that you're right. Um, Ricky, in his first meeting, got off a great line. Ricky was a great man, great man, and uh, in many ways. And but what he said is, are you big enough not to fight back for at least two years? You're going to have to take all the abuse in the world. So he said for two years there was a time he gave him. Yeah. Oh, he couldn't answer back. I know, but it could have been in a St. year. He could have been five in years. St. He could have said in never. St. Louis in the first year, Enos Country Slaughter spiked him in the Achilles, trying to hurt him. And he took it, and fortunately he wasn't hurt. But it, it took a toll on Jack uh, in, in many ways. There's no question about that. What? do you know about him? What do you know that people don't know? I mean, did he ever get mad? What bothered him the most? What, what do you know about his humanness other than all that we know, which is fundamentally that 
that he had to be willing well, um, and take I, I, all this you know, stuff. Yeah, I, I can tell you this, Homer. He was very smart. Within After two years, he did fight back, and people resented that, thought he was a bully, and he was mad, and he was out looking for trouble. I can assure you, Homer, you and I would have fought back the same way. But people, you know, wanted to be extremely critical of him, and uh, and it was just wrong. In fact, I, I must tell you, and I've read and talked to people about this, it's first class of the year, so I wherever I teach, I, I'm, um, I, I even now, after all these years, I, I marvel at the at the great story. But but you asked a question before. The, the name of the scout was Clyde Sukaforth, who was a coach and then a scout. Ricky trusted him. Ricky sent him to Chicago to scout the Negro Leagues. And um, when they picked Jackie, they picked him not because he was the best player, because he was not the best player. There were other players that should have been in the big leagues already. and uh, But they picked him because they felt uh, given all the human experiences he had, and they weren't pleasant, that um, he could handle the pressure, and he was smart. And so your question's a good one. There were better players, but he was the best equipped to handle it. Talking with Bud Selig, the Commissioner Emeritus of Baseball, aside from Jackie Robinson, what are you most proud of that you have done associated in any way with baseball? Well, there's so much that happened when I was commissioner, but I, I guess, Homer, given where we started in 1992 when I took over, um, changing the economic system, which was outdated, um, hadn't been changed in 50, 60 years. Imagine that. And it was tough. It was a struggle. But revenue sharing, a lot of changes in the draft system, all the things that gave hope, but it took a long time. I mean, there are a lot of things we changed. Uh, it took a lot of abuse about the wild card. And, of course, <laughs> today there are more wild cards, as we just saw now in the last three days. People love it. And baseball. Oh, people love it. P.F. You know, Homer, when I when I did it, and I did it in um, '93 September in Boston, and the outrage, Bob Costas hollering, and oh, this is going to ruin the game. This guy from Milwaukee, and it turned out, you know, because people always fight change, as you know, they always fight change in anything, not only in sports but in life. But look, I mean, the wild card has really saved us in a lot of ways. Now, so I want to interject for a second because I can't remember the year. Because I'm still mad you didn't acquire David Cohn. I never understood why you didn't do it. You knew the game was going to change because of the economics. It was the last chance the Brewers had a fair shot. 1992. Yeah. Do you regret regret not listening to me? David Cohn. The Brewers could have won the World Series that year if you'd acquired him. and, And you didn't. You knew this was the last chance the Brewers were going to have because of the changing economics of the game, right? Yeah, the changing economics, were, they were bad signs, and there was no revenue sharing, and there yeah. was no cap, and it was, it was the small market team did. But the answer is no. Oh, come on. You can admit it now. You can admit it. Homer, oh, you were right. 
And then, by the way, uh, Sal Bando and my daughter were running the Brewers by that time. I I was really immersed in baseball. Oh, you could have got you could have gotten it done. All right, here are my two things on Bud Selig. Always have been jealous of you because I think you have never in your life wanted to do anything but be around baseball. You bet you do it every day, the same today as fifty years ago. And to have something someone loves that much and to be able to do it every day—that's most of us don't have that. There's nothing that important. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 and I agree with that. I, I've often said to people that obviously I've had a passion for the game since I was seven, eight years old, and um, I got lucky in life. I got to do what I love. What was the overriding thing? I remember the night we got to Brewers, March thirty first, nineteen seventy, and I'm stunned at that and. Um, Struggled, you know, the early years were very difficult, mid-years. Remember, there was no revenue-sharing homework. There was no, it was a tough struggle. But came 1978, and we had Yount and Molitor and Cooper and won 93 games, and all of a sudden it's good. But I, I, I'm grateful as I look back on my life. Um, I know the, when I got in the, elected to the Hall of Fame, which was, a, you can't even dream about that. I mean, it's and, uh, and I thought to myself, um, how lucky I've been to do something that I love. And lastly, I believe the key to your success and many people's success is they do the same things every day, often at the same time. Now, people always said that you went to lunch and got a hot dog and a Diet Coke. And I said, I'll bet there are 10 other things that Bud Selig did at the same time every day. Like, I think you got up at 5 o'clock and you got on the treadmill for 30 minutes. Is that right? So now that we're at two. Am I cold? No, I ride an extra cycle every morning for 43 minutes. All right. And I still do it. Right. And it's every morning at about 7.30, quarter to 8, 8 o'clock. And you would come to work every day and then you'd have every, a couple Every calls. single day. Yeah. How many things do you do or did you do at the same time every day, every day? Like you probably got up at the same time, got to work at the same time. They say you'd make a couple calls. The first thing every well, day. My wife says I'm obsessive compulsive. She's right. And I do all that every day. You're, you're right. I do many things the same way every single day. Did you call George Steinbrenner every day at any point in time? He generally called me. Because <laughs> he always called to complain, although we, we did have a great relationship. But but it was very difficult. No, I did. I I, I did. I called owners every day. I spent a lot of time on the phone every day. No, I, 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 I won't deny that I do. I live a, um, a life where I do the same things every day. How do you have the same? You're, you're like 102 now. How old are you? You're. I'm 88. 88. Like, 88. Like you've been around other people that are 88. I don't think many are teaching. I don't think so. You're going to write a book on proper life so that you can have energy at 88? Well, I wrote a book, as you well know. I've written my book. I'm not sure I want to undertake that again. Well, but, well, I'm knocking on wood, Homer. I don't want to, you know, I, I'm, I feel good. I keep myself in shape. I, that's one thing I like about teaching, Steve. The kids keep me young. They're good. They're very, they're, 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 they're smart. They do their homework. Um, I feel I, I really do feel good. You, but, you don't but it, grade it, any tests. It has kept me. It has kept me young. There's no way you grade any tests. You got other people doing that, right? You just do the teeth. I mean, right? I mean, you're not getting up at 
Uh, the truth of the matter is I have a professor with me at every class, and they do, for the most part, the grading uh, of oh, that. Okay. I mean, they'll send them all to me, and I'll certainly read them and look at But they do the grading. I just do the teaching. Wow. I'd like I, to, you know, Homer, I'd like to have you as a student. I get it. You, you'd be an easy A. Come on. Come on. Let's... I think people are, are enamored with you. I hope they know who you are because young people sometimes don't. But come on. Yours, oh, no, they yours do. has got to be a class. I could, I could get an A in your class. Don't you think? Come on. Well, I'm not sure. Why don't you take it? Let's see what happens. I, but fierce. I do. The students, by the way, the students are wonderful. Yes. And in all three places, they're really good. And um, Are you sad and, today because um, the Brewers are out of the playoffs? Do you still follow it closely? Oh, I follow it every day. Oh, I'm you know I'm I'm always I'll always be a fan, and um, obviously I have great love for the Brewers and Mark Antonazio and I spend a lot of time together. But uh, yeah, I I mean I yes I am sad today. Yes. All right, now you could come on the show at any time, any day without. We don't have to do any prep. You can call in any time, any day, as long as you will admit now that you should have picked up David Cohn. I'm going to give you one last chance. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. But I, but I won't. But I, but uh, look, uh, David Cohn helped Toronto win. I know. I, there's no doubt about he it. He could have helped the and, and you are correct. That was the last year that a smaller okay. media market club really had a chance to win for a long time. Do you still get the hot dog at noon and a Diet Coke or not? Oh, Sure. Oh, every day. So I could meet you there sometime because you'll just be there. Oh, about 1230, quarter to one, absolutely every day. All right. Thank uh, you. And I'll be glad to see you, Homer. I'll Th- be glad you just pull in and uh, and uh, uh, I'll be happy to see you. I just want to let you, from now on, if you're on the show again, you will be the professor. Okay. Because I think right. that's, that's what you right. are now. Professor, thank you. That's what I, that's what I am. And the Commissioner Emeritus, that's true. So. Bud Sealing. Yeah, Commissioner Emeritus. I'm the first Commissioner Emeritus in baseball history, so I'm grateful for that, too. You're welcome anytime. I mean, we, I'm Thank sure you, that, Homer. there are baseball things that, they can, that we can discuss and the changes, and they finally figured out how to make the game faster. I don't know why it took this long, but... Well, I, I will tell you this. We were talking about the pitch clock... And I, I have more things that that uh, 10, 12 years ago, when I had Joe Torrey and Tony LaRusso were so working for me in the commissioner's office, and we talked about that. Why so I'm glad that... Why couldn't you get it done? You, you, you were the expert at getting things done. Why couldn't you get it done? Um, Who prevented it? The union. Oh. Uh, those are matters of collective bargaining. No, no I had the owner votes. Are you kidding? I had all 30 why, of them. Why would the union um, be against it? What... Well, well, that's an interesting question because the players are nervous and the pitchers don't like to be told they got to have a throw it in the term. I even, Homer, I, I would even take one step further. I, my friend Henry Aaron used to say to me, I, once I got in the batter's box, 23-year career, I never got out. Yes. And he said, if you did. If you did, Gibson or Drysdale or Koufax would let you know about it. And then, and, and then the uh, union, so that will come eventually. In the union, the pitchers are part of the union too. I mean, it's not. Uh, <sighs> well, uh, they actually, in this vote, 
voted against these, but they, uh, fortunately there were more votes from the independents and, and the clubs. And uh, so even though they thought they had the vote, when it came to the vote, uh, they voted no. But it, it's going to come in, and it's really going to help the game. It's really going to speed up the game. All right. I, 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 I'm being told I have to let you go because, like, I would, uh, I would just talk to you forever. Like, I mean, it's 312. I think I could go till about. I think it's a pleasure. But, you know, no one understands better than me. You need revenue to pay for the show. I, I know I understand that. <laughs> All right. Com- All right, Professor. Appreciate it. Commissioner Emeritus. Thank you, Homer. And Professor Butts. Homer, pleasure to talk so, to you. We'll do it we again. Do it? We will do it again. Okay. Outstanding. I will we hold will you We will do it that. again. I will okay. accept that you're never going to change about David Cohn. I will move on. I will not, uh, I'll not bring All that right. up All right. That'll again. be good. But we'll do this again. All right. Thank you. But ceiling, I don't know what's next. It won't be as good.